0: Please give a very warm welcome to Ava Astaire-McKenzie, Kathleen Riley, and Mr. Matthew Bourne. Welcome ladies and gentlemen. Now, I suppose when most of us think of Fred Astaire, we think of course of Astaire and Rogers. Uh, but of course he had many other glamorous leading ladies in Hollywood. One thinks of Audrey Hepburn, Leslie Carroll, Rita Hayworth, Judy Garland, Sid Charisse, Uh, but perhaps the lady who met most of him was his elder sister Adele, with whom he formed an extraordinary partnership in dance theatre in the 1920s, both on Broadway and here in the West End of London. And I have a distinguished panel uh, with me tonight to discuss Fred and and Adele Astaire. On my immediate left, we have Kathleen Riley, who's written this extraordinarily fascinating sort of joint biography of the two of them, of their years before the films and before Adele retired. Next to her, as you can probably guess from the name (laughs) (laughs) Ava Esther McKenzie, Ava is Fred's daughter, and a very welcome decoration to this stage, if I may say so. Up. And on the far end, the man who needs no introduction from me, Matthew Bourne, who of course has revolutionized dance theater as we know it, but has been a lifelong fan of Fred's and Ginger's and everybody else's, presumably. Absolutely. How did you start? What made you, was it sort of film matinee on BBC on a wet
1: February Sunday? Well, this this was the dance I knew before I knew any other dance, was when I was a kid watching TV. My parents were big fans of MGM musicals. Um, And they sat me down in front of the TV and the first dance I ever saw was Fred Astaire. I'm pretty certain of that, because it's been my inspiration. He has been my inspiration ever since. As he has been for many, many other dancers. I mean, he must be the most admired and loved dancer of all time, without question. Um, And I think it was the inspiration of of what he did and how he did it that made me feel that I could do it as well. I think it's something about the way Astaire goes into a dance or goes into movement, which is so natural for everyone to watch. It feels like the most natural thing in the world. And anyone who has a problem with musicals about, oh, why are they singing, why are they dancing, you watch a stare. it always seems the most natural thing. And I think that's what I like to do now in many ways is to try and make dance accessible.
0: Now, Kathleen, if I may say so, you are a young person. (laughs) So, A, did you get into... Fred Astaire through watching the musicals on television. That's one thing, but how did you come across Adele? Because I don't think many people, not many people would say outside the theatre business would have known that Fred Astaire had an elder sister with whom he formed this extraordinary partnership. So what prompted you to want to write this book?
2: Well, like Matthew, my introduction to Fred was through old black-and-white films on television, and I literally don't remember a time B.F., before Fred. Um, So I just must have stumbled across... Actually, I think it was Swing Time. I think I can pinpoint the film. And for my 10th birthday, my grandmother gave me a biography of Fred Astaire, and that's how I found out about Adele and what a fascinating, larger-than-life character she was. And she just came so vividly off the page, and I found old recordings of the two of them, in London, on stage in the 20s, singing songs by George and Ira Gershwin. And this very funny, cooey soprano, it was called. Very squeaky little... Uh, Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse <laughs> voice she had, and, and the sort of star quality that came through, even in those scratchy recordings.
0: But she retired from the stage in 1932, 80 years ago, there's, I think, no evidence at all of how of the dance of them dancing. No film footage. Nothing's been salvaged, preserved, or recorded. Well, so how did you how did you set about kind of tracing the life and the work?
2: Well, we live in hope of someone discovering in an attic some mm-hmm. footage. There is actually a sort of 10-second glimpse of them in a little newsreel that was made uh, in 1930 when they were doing Smiles, of Ziegfeld show, which was an awful flop. Lop. And they come on obscured slightly by Marilyn Miller. Um, that's it. So thanks to Ava's generosity largely and Adele's foresight and their mother's foresight, who kept lovingly and meticulously these scrapbooks of their career from when they were tiny tots, um, five and six, um, I was able to piece together all this material that's in largely in Boston, um, which Adele and Ava donated to the library mm-hmm. there, and even Fred's tailcoat when he was five years old, and a solitary sock from the same. Can I I tell the story, a story about that, that tailcoat, which I'm sure
0: we want to hear?
3: But one day at my father's house in Beverly Hills. Uh, my husband Richard and I came upon my father in the driveway setting a bonfire on which he was about to drop that little tailcoat because he thought it wouldn't mean anything. Why have it? And we literally picked it out of his hands before it hit the flames. (laughs) And it is, thank goodness,
0: now in in the uh, Boston uh, Mugar Library. Mm. Because they were a child act from, well, from a very early age, of course they were. If they were a child, that's tautological. But some dancing became their life when they were tiny tots, really, sort of five, six, yes. seven, eight, that kind of age. How would you describe their relationship? They?
3: they were the closest oh. brother and sister, I think you could imagine. Um, she was enough older than he that uh, she had to kind of look after him because she was more than two years older than he. But and Oh, by the way, the, aside from the tailcoat, the top hat image uh, came to him at very early life because when they had to appear on stage, because of that age difference and that she was that much bigger, they stuck the tail... The top hat the top on hat him and on made, him. made up a few inches there.
0: <laughs> because they names for each other. One was moaning Minnie and the other one was good time Charlie. But who was who?
3: Well, <laughs> Minnie was not my aunt. No, moaning, quite. My father moaned and she had a good time. <laughs> uh, but he worried about everything. And uh, she just wanted to get on with the party. Well, mm. I mean, much more than that because she worked very hard but uh, she she wasn't the moaner, except when he made her rehearse too much. Yes,
0: so he was the worker, and she maybe was the sort of party girl, I think it was fair fair to say. I mean, you looked at the reviews, and the reviews were stunning for for both of them, weren't they, Kathleen? What sort of things did the critics say, particularly about Adele?
2: Well, Adele um, really sort of fifth force of nature, I think, She was just this extraordinary whirlwind madcap, had a flair for improvisation and she was a natural clown and anything could happen when she was on stage, literally. (laughs) And so audiences just loved this feeling of what's going to happen next and um, there was this palpable excitement and element of danger in all her performances. but apart from that, she had this ability to hypnotise, to pick out people in the audience and look directly at them and give them the feeling she was singing or, or doing a piece of dialogue or comedy directly to them. And they... Um, I mean, we know Fred as, as being this very elegant romantic dancer later on with Ginger, but they were more in the comedic vein mm. um, more of a, a clownish, eccentric.
0: Yes, Matthew, could you talk about humour in dance? I mean, do mm. you, and, and have you an idea, have you a, a sort of image of what Adele and Fred may have looked like when they
1: were dancing? Oh, well, I wish. The... I mean, yeah. it's the great loss that we don't have any mm. film. I think Nijinsky and Adele Astaire are the two people i most like to see <laughs> right. on oh, film. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I think, I think it's very interesting as a brother and sister act they started off, mm. as, and then as performers in... in West End and Broadway shows, they had to find ways of dancing together that weren't, that weren't romantic, right. know, which is the, the conventional form, I think, for most partnerships, and easy in many ways to do. So they had to be more creative, they had to be more inventive, and I think that's partly fed his creativity at that time, but also later on, that he wasn't just the romantic <laughs> dancer with Ginger, they could also do these great comic numbers as mm-hmm. well. And I think it's uh, a particular skill that that he had that a lot of other choreographer dancers didn't have in later years in, in Hollywood. Mm. And I think it was all learnt then. And through this relationship, which in, in also in many ways, it, 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 you could see how he was a rather un- unthreatening romantic uh, lead in the <laughs> movies, wasn't he, really? And, um, and I think that came from that relationship with his sister early on, and it's, it's, um, it formed
0: him. I mean, what were the shows that they were starring in, Kathy? Uh, I'm looking at the titles Stop Flirting and Lady Be Good and Smiles. You can sort of, it's light comedy review type material. I mean, can you, can you talk about, because you, you make a very interesting point that you feel that, that Fred and Adele kind of symbolized a spirit of the age, or perhaps rather its counterpart, mm-hmm. uh, in that the 1920s. People talk about the jazz age, but it does seem to have been a time of great pessimism. Mm. And in a way, Fred and Adele cheered people up, did they not, against the kind of prevailing zeitgeist, as it were?
2: Absolutely. In fact, it was in London in 1923 when they first came here, um, so five years after the Great War. And I, I think I used the expression in the book that it was epiphanic, Mm-hmm. Like an epiphany, um, and it had this redemptive quality, and I, I don't use that fancifully it's the reviewers of the time, even the stayed Times, would say there was nothing like them since the flood, or <laughs> um, like Adam and Eve um, in the bursting the bonds of the Garden of Eden or something. They really <laughs> went to town, but um, they did have this extraordinary quality of of youth and vitality and new world optimism. And I I think perhaps the best way of describing it, F. Scott Fitzgerald, when he was um, defining America as a nation, said, it's a willingness of the heart. And it was this sort of sweetness, a sweet, youthful essence, but something intrinsically joyful and and forward-looking that was a great antidote to the ennui of the post-war period.
0: Because I suppose in a way they would, as Matthew was saying, they, were difficult, they couldn't cast them as romantic lovers for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So they would either be paired off with somebody else or they would have a sort of special spot or spots throughout the show with this sort of comedic dance numbers then, would they?
2: Yes, they um, it, actually they did play romantically opposite each other, but not after 1923. Stop flirting, they were. But then they became so famous as brother and sister mm-hmm. that um, that wasn't really appropriate. No. And um, so in shows that the Gershwins wrote for them, for instance, Fred was usually either the either brother, like in real life, or a guardian figure. And um, so they were romantically paired with other people in the cast. And then they'd come together for... Um, famously, they had this nut number, the yeah. runaround it was mm-hmm. called in America, which was literally running around the stage in, in widening circles as though they were on a, a bicycle right. side by side and got faster and faster. Here in London it was called the umpa Trot mm-hmm. and it just mm. was, you know, went over like nobody's business <laughs> yeah. in London. They went crazy about it. And in fact, in 1928, Sitting in the audience at Funny Face was Frederick Ashton as a young man. Mm-hmm. And um, he saw this runaround, which, you know, they usually had to do encore after encore. About 40 years later, he and Robert Helpman played the ugly sisters at Sadler's Wells in Cinderella, mm-hmm. doing the runaround, the Umpa trot, mm-hmm. um, which he remembered from Funny Face.
0: And Coward had seen them in New York and had sort of raved about them. I know you quote him in the book, and fact, Coward is quite helpful to them, and it's sort a of strange sort of. They look quite like each other, Fred and Carter. They're about the same age, and they're about the same sort of dimensions. But Ava, tell us about the kind of society your father and aunt were keeping in London during the 1920s, because oh, it was the but, highest. Well, in the land. I mean, it
3: was <laughs> indeed. Uh, they they became uh, great friends. Uh, and were admired by uh, the young princes mm-hmm. who came to the dressing room and they were invited to parties and uh, became, uh, and my aunt, uh, I dated yes. once or two, once <laughs> or twice. Uh, uh, but they, I mean, all the, the, young, the young men, the young aristocrats mm-hmm. of London were, were stage door Johnnies for heaven's sakes. <laughs>
0: We could have had a Queen Adele if things had that. <laughs> <Well, attractive. God. laughs>
3: It's not out of the realm of
0: possibility. (laughs) Because looking at those pieces in your book, I think it does remind me of the character that Fred would go on to play in the RKO musicals of the the well-connected entertainer who kind of sashays into town to do a few numbers, usually with Edward Everett Horton sort of (laughs) flapping about in the background. And he kind of goes into all kinds of fancy places and he has an entree, if you like. It's sort of showbiz aristocracy, but the real aristocracy too. But they seem to have taken both of them to their hearts. Every, every kind of level of society in this country. Extraordinary.
3: Yes, Absolutely. And um, in New York as well, it, uh, it, her their admirers and great friends were, well, whatever would be the closest equivalent uh, there. Because they had a certain kind of a classy way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as far as... I can only speak uh, of them in older, in their older years. And uh, my aunt, as a older, let should we say, an older lady, was um, equally as irrepressible as she was as a young woman. Yes. She was quite extraordinary.
0: But eventually, she does succumb to one of those stage door johnnies. As well,
3: she did. She was courted and married Lord Charles Cavendish, who was the second son of the Duke of Devonshire, mm. and his home was Lismore Castle in County Waterford in Ireland. So she went from the stage mm. to a castle, to the Lady of the Castle, and <laughs> was there for many, many years. Uh, uh, sadly, Charles Cavendish died after ten years of marriage, but she, she stayed on, my, and my grandmother lived with her mm. there as but well. Did
0: she ever did she ever regret giving up? Show business I,
3: to a d- degree um, i don 't think she did when she could, had could have gone back into it, but later on, looking back, I remember uh, finding <laughs> her reading some of her old notices when she was visiting my father one time, and she, you could see that there was a twinge there yes. that she uh, would have liked to have, have done what he did
0: because having been such a vibrant performer and knowing all the interesting people i mean wasn't sure, captivated oh, by J.M., yes. Barry, all the great literary men and, women, men and women of the day. But then going into rather stuffy British upper class surrounding, you know, nothing to do but hunting, and shooting, and fishing well, <laughs> or playing croquet or.
3: I think she unstuffied it probably
0: <laughs> <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> Did she ever want to come back or make a screen career for herself?
3: I, not really. I mean, there is a rumor of a mm-hmm. screen test, but no. I don't know anybody. Well, she has seen it. She actually,
2: in nineteen thirty-seven, so four years into Fred's film career, David O. Selznick um, arranged a film for her to be shot here in Britain, mm-hmm. and she actually shot three or four days of that film, and. Uh, I think jack buchanan was in it anyway um she saw some of the rushes and was so horrified by them and thought she looked too old and um should have been in her early 40s then <clears throat> and was just sort of mortified that she was going to embarrass her brother so she pulled out of it and then there was another aborted attempt but that was that was it
3: yeah. And it doesn't exist, or at least, it, unless somebody has a <laughs> sneaky copy of it in the underground. Perhaps your father put it, it on somewhere. the bonfire. Yeah, it, <laughs> yes, he probably
0: did. So what was Fred's reaction to his sister retiring?
3: Oh, well, he thought his career was over. Mm-hmm. I mean, he absolutely uh, thought that was it. And uh, he he honoured a commitment to do... Uh, the gay divorce yeah, here in London, but he thought that was it. And I I don't know, because he'd never talked an awful lot about the early days. So He and Aunt Deli would get together, and too bad we didn't have a recorder with us because they they would talk, and we'd try and remember bits of what they were saying. But it was really only when he was with her that he ever, ever looked back. Mm-hmm. And he was a very forward-looking person, and um, uh, he obviously, thank goodness, looked forward enough to do that screen test and, <laughs> and had a film career.
0: Yes, quite. But the screen is, is that an apocryphal story, do you think, Kathleen, of the rather negative screen test report? I don't
3: think so. I think it's... Uh, I think it... it uh, I've never seen the actual piece of paper that... Say, now, but it's usually quoted as um, balding... Uh, can't, uh, 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 can't sings, act or... can't act, can't dance, sings a little, <laughs> but it's or dances. It's but the, I think the actual thing was also dances, mm. but Incident. that's at least what I remember from growing yes. up. But I don't really know for sure what it was.
0: I mean, looking at those, those early films, Matthew, what uh, do you do? You think that the relationship he had with Adele, as you were saying on, carried over to his his relationship with Ginger Rogers or the characters, and most of those mm. films... Well, it's difficult to
1: tell, one. isn't it? Exactly. I think it probably uh, he, as uh, Arva said, he always wanted to, seem to want to move on to something new. So if he was going to do something with another partner, he didn't want it to be like the last one, and I mm. think he didn't want to mm-hmm. reflect that. And I think there was a point where he, there was discussion about him being teamed with Jesse Matthews yes. uh, from this country, and who was... A, to my mind, possibly had a similar stage effect that uh, Adele Mm -hmm. had in this country, and I I think I could see why people would probably Mm. want to put them together, and it would be amazing to see what that would have resulted in. But Ginger was uh, uh, obviously something very, very special that happened between them, almost by accident, really. Mm. Um, But it was its own thing. I don't think he was trying to replicate anything, and um, she certainly wouldn't have wanted to be another, somebody else. Mm. you know. So I think they were their own special thing that happened. But um, I think he obviously found new inspirations through that because he wasn't dancing with his sister anymore and it was something, something new, which he, he was always searching for, I think, yeah. new ideas. This is the amazing thing about his choreography and his career is that it doesn't repeat. He never repeats anything, which is rare. Mm. I mean, how would you? Because
0: it's difficult not knowing what he and Adele were like. At least only mm. from hand what we've read and what's in the book. But yeah. I wondered how different the relationship, the dance relationship with Ginger was as opposed to the one with Adele. Well,
3: I, since I wasn't around no. when they were dancing, I <laughs> re, I, I really, um, it, it was definitely a working relationship. Yeah. They, they were. Friends. they certainly weren't feuding. They were friends, but they weren't social friends. No. Uh, Ginger didn't come to our house for dinner. She did, want, I remember once when she did, but it wasn't, uh, a, a fa- she wasn't really a family friend no. that was there all the time. And of course, I mean, the, so the, he had much more of a working relationship with Ginger than he did with Adele, who was of course his,
0: his little sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how would you describe the actual the, the dance
1: aesthetic of Esther and Rodgers? Uh, well, in those movies, uh, I think the thing that people maybe don't think about when they're watching them, but when they dance together, it's, it's truthful. It's real. Uh, it's where the, the scenes take off into love scenes, if mm-hmm. there is such a thing as a love scene in those movies. It's, it's when they dance together where the magic happens. Um, because they have a very light relationship through the rest of the movie, but somehow when they start to move together, something much deeper happens. And most of their duets, I would say, are, are um, stories within themselves and little masterpieces, each one, mm-hmm. absolutely uh, unsurpassed. Yeah. Because
0: they are, As you said, they're very gentle, very light, the actual plot, not <laughs> very yeah. much of that. Um, the kind of the way that the, the, lo- the lovers eventually get together after many a misadventure and misunderstanding. But it's, there's, there's very little kind of, um, what's the word, sort of chasing each other, is, is there? They kind of meet by accident almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very understated the kind of romantic side of, of that relationship. He's a sort of, quite a reluctant leading man, you Father, would you say Ava? Yes,
3: I think I think that's a good, a good description. Quite a diffident, at, uh, at, uh, It's say, "Oh, what are you doing here?" kind yes, of thing.
0: Yes, but he always had a choreographer as well, didn't he? Hermes, Pan worked with him a lot. Oh, oh yes, he was became his best friend, mm-hmm.
3: and um, that relationship yielded the really new, new forward-looking dances. They they were, worked together and discovered things together and, and liked uh, coming
1: upon new ideas. Mm-hmm. And wasn't it true, Arva, that, he, that uh, Hermes Pan was often the female partner with Fred when they were working out the, yes, yes. the dances, choreographing the dances?
3: And of course, they looked very much alike, yes. that, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything, except that even I mistook Pan for my father who <laughs> <laughs> walking into a rehearsal <laughs> studio. Uh,
0: but while all this was happening then, Kathy, Adele was living the life of the, the grand lady, as uh, Ava was saying, her first husband died, she married again, but no regrets, there don't seem to be any regrets in her life thereafter. She'd put her show business years behind her.
3: Uh, pretty much so, but she, uh, and then she, uh, when she'd remember how famous she was mm-hmm. at a time, she'd, she'd get nostalgic about, about that. Uh, she had a, a very happy life, mm-hmm. uh, being a, a, a lady of, well, I don't know, leisure, but a, a, a social
0: lady. <coughs> lady was of really man, certainly to, be, to uh, begin with, yes. Uh, so no regrets whatsoever.
3: But, uh, well, I,
2: I, and she wasn't just um, you know, at Lismore Castle during mm-hmm. the war. She did a lot of very good mm-hmm. war work yes. um, here in London. Uh, for at least a couple of years at Rainbow Corner where all the American servicemen would mm. gather and she'd write letters home for them with a little sign back of her, um, let Fred's sister write, write home for you. Yes. And um, she did also deal with a lot of tragedy in her life mm-hmm. in that her children all died at birth and um, she had two husbands mm. predecease her. But um, they had a, a great mental toughness, the two of them, from having been on the road and in small-time vaudeville from the ages of
3: five and seven.
0: Because it's interesting, there's no sign of any dance in your grandparents, Fred's well, my, parents.
3: My grandfather, was I never knew him, no. but um, he was musical and he loved the theater and uh, wanted was thrilled to have his children mm. be on the stage. But other than that, I, I, don't, I don't know that. I mean, there, there certainly were no performers that ever performed professionally.
0: And your grandmother seems to be quite a, a sort of uh, religious lady. It's interesting that she allowed her children to go in, to, to enter life upon the wicked stage, really. Well,
3: yes, she, I, she, she was a very beautiful woman, and she must have had quite a time being a stage mother. Uh, with all the agents and the producers mm. and uh, and basically a single mother, because uh, her husband wasn't around a lot I, It was not the world's happiest marriage, no. but uh, she uh, she was re- religious and straight laced mm. and all of that, but she certainly had a a bit of toughness about her. Mm. she had to to be able to. And you were that. saying
0: that she always called your father Sonny. Yes,
3: she called and him.
0: do tell the story of Sonny, your father had uh, a, an well, interesting visitor one day.
3: Yes, uh, mm. she uh, called out to him, oh, Sonny, Sonny, uh, you have a visitor, I, I, I think you should come out and say hello, because it's Greta Garbo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow,
0: wow, uh, how wonderful. <laughs> uh, it's been a fascinating session. Thank you so much for coming along. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in thanking Kathleen Riley, Edward Gillespie <laughs> and Matthew Vaughan.